When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Tennis Podcast following day four of the Davis Cup finals in Malaga. I'm Catherine Whitaker. David Law is here. Hello, David. Hello. Hello. Uh, no pressure, David, but you have got to be extra excellent tonight because we are once again without the star of the show, Matt Roberts. Mm. Good luck, us. Mm. Good luck, us. Um, we are we're sort of torn here between uh, telling you that uh, the show will not be depleted in any way and will be excellent and will make up for the absence of Matt, but also very much knowing that uh, we are much depleted without Matt and he is much missed. Uh, he's still feeling under the weather, uh, so we send him our best and I'm sure you do as well. And uh, we will do our very best to make up for his absence in full knowledge that we will not fully succeed in that task. But the tennis today, David, has gone a long way to do the work for us, hasn't it? Because it all played out in pretty dramatic fashion today. We know our first Davis Cup finalists and it is Team Australia. And uh, if you'll allow me to to slap an explicit sticker on this podcast less than two minutes in, to quote Max Purcell, there's nothing fucking like it, mate. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, that was his first answer on international global television live <laughs> because that he was asked the question how does this feel and that's that's exactly what he said and it well it did make me laugh because uh <laughs> there wasn't time for the interviewer to uh to to even apologize <laughs> on his behalf or anything and actually i just think you get to a point of delirium in a in a stadium like that where you just think well that is an entirely appropriate reaction for what we've just witnessed, and 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 the oh, I loved it. The celebrations I themselves were, were were just so euphoric, and the the players were swearing left, right, and centre at each other in declaring their undying love for each other and how amazed they were at what they'd they'd all achieved. But what this what this did in terms of the comeback, it just won up yesterday. It 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 felt it's felt like the last three ties that we've had have all gone out of their way to to one up each other with a deciding set a deciding doubles tie rubber in each one of those ties, and and this felt quite similar, albeit not not a Denis Shapovalov um, hitting spree. This was different in the way the Australian team fought back in the doubles, but in terms of the fact that I felt very solid in in my confidence that neither Canada nor Australia would end up winning when those doubles started. You know, yesterday I felt the same with Pwets and Kravitz being such a solid doubles partnership who'd never lost. And here you've got Mektic and Pavic playing against 
well, kind of a, a new pair because it ended mm. up being Thompson and uh, and Purcell, and and they they shocked me. They showed what Davis Cup can do, what a team a team environment can do, and what what adrenaline and inspiration can influence things with. And it was it was it's so intoxicating that that mixture of of the unknown. Yeah, t- t- today was a good day for the Davis Cup, I would say. I mean, obviously, if you're a Croatian tennis fan slash somebody that has picked Croatia to win the Davis Cup, sorry, Matt, to kick you really down, <laughs> but welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, we've got a full house now of failures. Yeah, yeah, less good. But just for neutral Davis Cup fans that want to see this tournament thrive, and look, you know, there are still caveats to this. I still don't love the way it's positioned in the season. Um, I I still have worries about the number of people that are watching this. You know, the, the better the day at the event. You know, we had a really great day today. We've had several great days. There is a part of me that goes, oh, but I'm not many people are watching this. You know, or not as many people are watching this as I want to be watching this and paying attention to it and seeing how good it is. You know, all those caveats still apply but it was a great day for the Davis Cup today, I think. And you, I assume it was you, David, unless Matt, from from his slightly fevered state, is still uh, keeping a, a very tight control of our Twitter account. But you tweeted um, screenshots of the Australian team reactions. And, you know, I, I saw it in real time. And yet somehow the screenshots capture something so visceral about what that victory means to the Aussie team. I mean, there is a picture of Alex de Menor that is like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <laughs> it's true. It really is. It's um it is it's pure emotion and I I love to see it because, you know, that is what Davis Cup should be. And the the bond between him and Leighton Hewitt has made it all the more all the more everything, I think. But look, let's let's row back a bit and take you chronologically, step by step, how we got to that image of Alex de Menorg <laughs> screaming out like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Let's uh, let's start at the start of the day, which was a very very reasonable hour, uh, four p.m. local time, David, three p.m. UK time. Excellent time to start a day's tennis. Yeah, today I had a nap. Before it even started. That's how it should be. People (laughs) should have time to take naps should they should they wish to. That is is a perfect day's tennis. Uh, we started off, didn't we, David, with Borna Chorich against Thanasi Kokonakis, and we speculated yesterday about whether it would be Kokonakis coming in, the, the the top man on paper, or whether it would be Jordan Thompson who played in uh, in the tie in the opening round. And I don't I don't think many eyebrows were raised about the fact that it was Kokonakis, and I think maybe equally few eyebrows were raised about the results. Six four, six three for for Borna Choric. I don't think Kokonakis played badly or underperformed. I think Borna Choric performed and is a better tennis player at the moment than Thanasi Kokonakis. What do you think? Uh, I think that's right. I think Chorich has found himself in the last six months. I mean, obviously, the most important thing is that he's able to rely on fitness. And I know we still, he still has question marks over day to day how his shoulder is going to feel when he wakes up. But he said in the post match interview that in many ways it's stronger than it's ever been because he's had to work on it so hard to build it up and protect the injured part of it, the part that was repaired paired by surgery. So as a result of all that and and such studious work on his own serve, his serve is a, a reliable weapon when it's working well. He, you can't really do much with it. And the reason that they chose Kakanakis, I mean, two two reasons that it was it was addressed in the press conference with him afterwards, that he didn't play on day one. Thompson was brought in partly because Kakanakis was carrying a bit of an injury, just a, just a twinge, but he said he, he felt 100% today, there were no issues. And he was brought back in despite Thompson's win on day one. He was brought in Kakanakis because of his power, because they were hoping that his power could get to Chorich. And to be fair to him, he served nine aces in the first set, and he still lost at 6-4. 
So the serve was, was doing the job. Chorich said after, after the match, I was saying to my coach, I can't get near his serve. I can't read it. Where's it? What do I do? And uh, to the captain. And But then he just started to get a read on it. And honestly, it the moment he broke, it was, to quote Catherine Whitaker, 2013, a foregone conclusion. And... Um, oh. That is low, David. <laughs> I'm all you've got today, David. <laughs> I need to get w- you on watch side. It. Okay. Um, and uh, and look, the, it is quite interesting to think of these two players who came along at probably quite similar times in their careers. Both of them have had mm. horrible injuries. Yeah. And yet at the moment, Chorich looks far the more accomplished player of the two in singles. And so there they are, 1-0 up. And, I mean, based on our discussion last night, I think I would have agreed with you that I would have put Chilic a very marginal favourite against Alex Dimonor coming into this match. They played each other a year ago in in the same event. Um, 2-1 was the head-to-head overall, and and Chilic won that one in a very tight third set. And it was Dimonor's only ever singles rubber defeat in the Davis Cup to this point. So... I'd have come out thinking, you know, Chilich has got Chorich's win behind him. He's going to come out and he's going to play free and he's going to win. But then that that slightly discounts everything we know about Marin Chilich in reality, which is he ain't so good if he's ahead. Yeah. Now, obviously, less than 24 hours ago on this very podcast, I predicted that Croatia would win this tie and that would be... Uh, critically down to Marin Cilic winning this rubber against Alex de Menor. Now, I would like to sort of maintain that that, that prediction w- wasn't entirely wrong because th- the guy that I predicted to win that rubber against Alex de Menor did not show up today. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I I predicted that on the basis of the guy that I saw. Was it yesterday? Was it a couple of days ago? Whenever it was, uh, being excellent, and uh, I don't know who that was against Alex Dumanor. Look, Dumanor was great, and he is. Maybe I underestimated exactly how fearsome he is uh, when he is bearing the badge of Australia and the tattoo of his uh, um, Davis Cup number on his chest, but. Who was that? Who was that that showed up for Croatia today, David? Well, it was an imposter, really. And and look, you, you don't get a scoreline of six two six two without it being both sides of the net responsible for it, and, unless somebody just is injured. Ch- Chilich doesn't lose like that unless he's playing badly and unless his opponent is playing incredibly well. And those two things happened at the same time. Um, Diminor was amazing. That's the best I've ever seen him play. And uh, and he loved wow. it. He loved it. He loved being the one who Australia was relying on, and uh, and that's 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 why you get that look of pride bursting out of the eyes of Leighton Hewitt. It's, you can see the smile on his face. He looks like a proud older brother or father, you know, just looking at somebody in his own image from all those years ago. It do you know it's nineteen years since Australia reached the final. And and I, I know Leighton Hewitt has his issues with this format, but it hasn't dampened his desire for them to to win the thing. And uh, and Dimonor just stepped up. And, and actually, it was very interesting to hear a uh, conversation. I think, I think actually... Um, Pam Shriver mentioned to us we, she was she was watching the matches from afar and and she often messages with us and we have a chat about what's going on and she she was curious as to Very whether casual name drop well, David well know. done she was curious as to and it's always interesting to get her take on the doubles obviously because of her incredible mm. pedigree in this in that format of the game and just wondering whether Dimonor should have been playing in that doubles um and when you see the guy win 6262 you can sort of see why she was saying that he, he does play a, a decent amount of doubles doesn't he Dimonor as well it's not like just sort of rudimentary oh stick him into the doubles just cuz he's a good tennis player um i feel like i feel like he's he played a fair bit with um Cameron Norrie in doubles really? does that ring any bells to you 
Not, I not think really, he and Cameron Norrie have played like doubles it. together. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if Matt were here, he would be either confirming or very gently informing me that I'd completely made that up, wouldn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was it was such evidence of that that I mean, what Matt was talking about a couple of nights ago, that relationship between Diminor and Hewitt is very powerful, isn't it? And a huge it's the it's the linchpin of this Davis Cup team. I'm not saying there's not other things going on, you know, Thompson and Purcell, you know, won the tie for Australia in, in the end. We'll come on to that in a moment. But that relationship is at the heart of this Australian team. And it's what everybody else has bought into as a result, I think. Absolutely. It's off on them all. Yes. Yeah, I- exactly. Um, and that that 19-year stat, uh, I did a double take when uh, I saw that pop up on our Twitter. I was like, because I, I remember it, it is in my head the last time Australia were Davis Cup finalists in 2003, but... To me, 2003 wasn't 19 years ago. So I saw that pop up on Twitter and I was like, oh, you've, you've done the maths wrong there, David. I'll, I'll have you know that it was actually 2003 and then the horrifying moment of realising 2003 was 19 years ago. <laughs> ah, depressing. 2003 <laughs> um, was the first year I ever went to the Australian Open, so imagine how I feel, knowing that I'm going back 20 <laughs> years later now. <laughs> so. Thanks to that win for Alex Diminor, we are all square and we are heading to a deciding uh, doubles rubber, which, uh, provided you're neutral, is what everybody wants, I think, in the Davis Cup. Uh, and Nikola Mektic and Matej Pavic are put in for the Croatians. No surprises there, not even, not even a question. I don't think it didn't occur to me that they wouldn't be put in for the Croatians. And it didn't really occur to me, David, that it wouldn't be Matt Ebden and Max Purcell that were put in for the Australians. Yeah. It was a great surprise to me that it ended up being Jordan Thompson and Max Purcell. Yeah, it's, it was such a surprise that I didn't even bother to check. Uh, and <laughs> suddenly the match started and I'm like, who's that with Max Purcell? I'm really glad you said that because I had the same thing and I was multi-screening with the England game at the time and I thought, oh God, I've, this is a real dereliction of duty here. I failed to even notice who's actually playing. Yeah. Uh, but I just assumed, yeah. just assumed, this was our big moment, David, to see the guys that we had watched win Wimbledon. That's right. With our very eyes. Yeah. When will we ever set eyes on Matt Ebden again? <laughs> well, I saw him at the end question. of the end of the match, loudly shouting at various people that he effing loved them. Um, but anyway, um, it turns out that Ebden had got a bit of an ankle injury that uh, that Leighton Hewitt told us about. It doesn't seem that it's necessarily ruling him out of the rest of the the, the tournament, so he may play in the final. Although I tell you what, you'd have a, you'd have a job getting the racket out of the hand of. Jordan Thompson. That's mm. two tar- two rubbers he's played now, and he's won them both. So, if he doesn't play some part in that final, I think I think that would be a mistake, really, given the way he looks, because he looks really, really made for this. And and talking about the sort of the feeding off the vibe that the fact that it's Hewitt and Diminor. And I, look, if if Nick Kyrgios were here. He may bring something different, that mercurial talent that may just take a racket out of somebody's hand the way that Shapovalov did the other day, yesterday. But it would so much of this would be about Kyrgios if he were here, because it always mm-hmm. is. Whereas this is all about Australia and players of a certain level coming together and actually becoming more as a whole. And 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 the Hewitt has got half a dozen people in his own image right there next to him who are all just almost just becoming what he used to be. And and as you say, it's the relationship with Diminor that, that starts things off. Thompson is, looks like a different player, um, but they still lost that first set on a tie-break. And, and once again, I, I'm thinking of Mektic-Pavic of a year ago. They would not be losing this match. 
a year ago. You say that though, David, it was five days ago that they were in the finals of the ATP finals. And I watched them en route to those finals in Turin. And okay, they they did underperform a little bit in the final against Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram, although I do think that was very largely down to Ram, Ram and Salisbury, who were just on a mission not to be denied. They took over that final. But Mektic and Pavic were unbeaten in the group stages. They they beat Nick Kyrgios and Thanasi Kokonakis in a match where Kyrgios and Kokonakis had to win to go through. They they found their best in Turin less than a week ago. And okay, didn't quite find it in the final, but for three matches against three of the best teams in the world and then again in the semi-finals. They did find it. They were so good last week in Turin. I, I thought they looked pretty much back to their best. I really did. So that is the Mektic and Pavic that I had in mind when I saw them being, being put in for that doubles. And when I saw that it wasn't Ebden and Purcell, the well-oiled team, I really thought Mektic and Pavic were winning that, even more so when they won the first set. I thought, okay, Thompson and Purcell have done very well to take this to a tie break, but, you know, they've given their best and it's not been good enough. Um, incredible that they came back to win that. 6-7, 7-5, over, you know, the... The team that last week were narrowly only the second best doubles team in the mm. world. But I, I mean, the reason I've said that about Mektic and Pavic comparing last year to this year is I have seen a couple of wobbles in the biggest moments in the biggest finals in a way that I don't think I saw a year ago. They do get tight. I, I think maybe they've always got tight to some extent. And we saw them lose that Wimbledon final. In yeah, a fifth they, set they do get break. tight. I mean, that's a horrible way to lose, and it's hard to give them a hard time for that. Um, and but I mean, look, this to give you an idea of how close this was, it was one set all, three games all, 30 all, and that's the moment that Thompson and Purcell struck. And suddenly, it was very similar to last night with Canada. You felt like you've got this irresistible force. Suddenly, the connection between the players on the court and the players off the court was was overwhelming. They, they, they were creating a Davis Cup atmosphere all of their own. And uh I don't I don't think there was anything Mektic and Pavic could do from there because they just they were up against a force that was not normal. It was awesome. It was, it was so much fun to watch. I mean I I you know obviously with my Croatian uh, roots um from my wife's side I, I was I was sad on that on that level but it was impossible not to be uplifted by what what you saw about how much it means to Australian players. That and it's not just because they're here and they're in the moment. They they're planning this all the time. You know, they were at Lou Hodes Academy in in Malaga. They've they've been planning for this all year long. I mean, the the thought and effort that Hewitt puts into it all, and he assembles. You know, like all the best Davis Cup teams do, they assemble a staff and the and it's it means the world to them. And, and all of that in spite of the fact that they are not in favour of this new Davis Cup. They don't endorse this new format. They would, format. They would rather it were how it was. I, that almost makes it more emotional and more Im, important somehow. It's, it's such a grown-up approach, mm. and, and look, isn't it? It, it? It's it's the ultimate test of how much it really is about representing your country. And that standing above all else. Well, um, Jordan Thompson and it, it was said, tested and proven. He, he, today. he said uh, he was asked, you know, were, were you a bit put out when they chose Kakanaka? Said, are you? And uh, and he said, honestly, whatever this team wants from me, it's for the gold, the oh. green and gold. I will have my hand up. I've just got to represent my country in a deciding doubles. You know, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, and uh, and every single player you hear from Australia is you hear the words green and gold come out of their mouth because oh, that's what it's all about that. to them. They 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 just love it. And then you've got all the other 
people connected to Australian tennis, people like John Millman tweeting about it. You've got Darren mm. Cahill. They all understand yeah. what this is all about. And and I think that's the reason that they're, they're so emotional about the format change is because it's seeing all those ties from years gone by and hearing all the stories. Tony Roach is in the stands. Tony Roach, who would have been part of teams... 40 50 years ago you know is part of their part of their setup and and Hewitt's romantically connected and and nostalgic for best of five sets home and away ties as i think many many of us are and I, and i even including mm-hmm. me as somebody who who thought something needed to change but i still feel unsure as to what as to what's been lost and Hewitt you, you lose things in a compromise yeah and inevitably and Hewitt did say in, in the even in the press conference here he said I still wish this was us going out in the Rod Laver arena in the final in front of 15,000 but for these boys he's he could see how much he was just happy for them because he's already experienced this he's won Davis Cups and he knows what it means to him and he's just I think he's just chuffed that a team has come together in his image and mm. put it all on the line and come out come out come out as underdogs he said i used to love being an underdog and here we are as underdogs he you know he's really got that going in his mind and and i mean in many ways you you'd probably put put them as underdogs in the final against either of the two potential opponents well we'll come on to that in a moment just just a quick word david on croatia because you know one rubber up, Marin Cilic going in, given how we performed a couple of days ago, Croatia would have been feeling good. And even one rubber apiece with, with Mektic and Pavic going into battle, Croatia would be feeling good. Um, they're probably not feeling good right now. This It's a bad loss. This feels like it will hurt a lot. Yeah, in the end, for them. they they kind of blew it, really. And, uh, and that... Mm. that it takes two things to happen for this this result, and that's Australia to step up and be amazing, and they did. But still, Croatia were maybe very marginal favourites in the first rubber, maybe 50-50, and there were definitely favourites, I thought, in the second, second of those two mm. rubbers, and they lost them both. Um, so, you know, it will hurt. But... The beauty of it is it is every year. I mean, I still wonder whether it might be better being every other year. But, I mean, the mm. fact is it is every year. So they get a chance to have another go next time. And I think that they're, they're going to be – they're another incredibly passionate nation of players. And uh, they never – you never see Chilich turning down the invitation. No, and I, I love that. Good on you, Marin. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. 
Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Uh, So it is Australia that will play in Sunday's final against either Italy or Canada. Uh, Now, David... I've just seen that this is a 10 a.m. start time. Is it? Oh, crikey. Yep. <laughs> I could have done without that. 9 a.m. UK time. <laughs> what are they playing at? <laughs> yep. Is anyone tied tomorrow? What's, <laughs> what's this all about? I don't know. I did not know that. I feel like I'm being trolled personally by the All my talk Cup. of uh, naps. Oh, no, it's not. It's, um, it's a one o'clock. Is it? Mm-hmm. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Because my app is saying 9am your time tomorrow the, and I'm very distressed. I've just received it. the official email from the ITF. Oh, thank, oh, thank, 12, thank you. 12 official o'clock British ITF time, email. 1 o'clock local time. Oh, that suits that us is down a to the ground. tremendous relief. <laughs> Great. Oh, I, I love getting out of bed, having a coffee and then sport starting. That's that's an ideal weekend. Um, so Italy against Canada, David. What do we think? Selections, outcomes, everything. Tell me. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, I, they haven't officially ruled out Matteo Berrettini at this point. Now, have they not? No. I mean, he's he. I thought he was there in a cheerleader capacity yes, but he, only. But he hasn't been completely ruled out. I think the expectation is that he won't be able to play. And I think I actually think overall it would probably be a mistake to try to shoehorn him in in some way if he's if he's not hundred percent fit because the other guys are doing just fine. And uh, but you know who knows? I mean, he's a hell of a player to have there just on the off chance that he suddenly feels great tomorrow, isn't he? Um, so I, I would expect he won't be able to play. Yannick Sinner, we know, is not in town, so he's definitely not not going to be fit and not going to be playing. And the thing is, they do have two very, very good players. As we saw the other day, they've got the two Lorenzos, Sonigo and Massetti, who I, I, I'm sure they're the picks. I'm sure that Bellelli and Fanini are your doubles team for Italy. Um, Canada will will put up their two singles players, fitness permitting of Shapovalov and Ogiali Asim. So you'll be... I'm just trying to think as to which one's the higher-ranked player for... Um, for Italy, it's Oje Eliassim will take on Mazzetti, won't he? Because he's the uh, he's the higher yes. ranked of the player. So it'll be Sonigo yes. against Shapovalov, which could be another, a bit like the one with Tiafo and Sonigo. It could be an incredibly dramatic, extravagant match full of hitting and emotion. So, so if Berrettini did very unexpectedly go in at the last minute, would he have to go in at number one? Yeah, I think so. He would yeah. have to take on Felix Oje Eliassim. Mm. I mean, look, I, I would back Felix to win regardless of who, who he plays tomorrow, but that... And sharpness has I, felt that, like a factor, it, it, to be yes, honest, Yes, so absolutely. Yes. It really has, hasn't it? Uh, Berrettini does have a very favourable head-to-head against Orgelio Seam, four and one. Wow, that's a very... I mean, and the other thing is, if Italy were to reach the final, I mean, mm. you know, an extra day, I mean, uh, yeah. again, you know, just... I mean, it's an interesting two of those matches mark. are Labour Cup. Um, in fact, both of their most recent matches were Labour Cup, both wins for, for Matteo Berrettini. Um, Orgelio seems one win in Cincinnati 2021. Uh, and the other two wins for Berrettini were on grass, so... I don't know. Well, they well, seems decent on grass. Read into that what you will, but um, I wouldn't be taking a risk on a in a Davis Cup semi final on a on a player coming back cold from from a medium term injury. Personally, mm-hmm. um, but it's these big calls on which. Davis Cup captaincies are made and broken. And maybe that's a, a moment, David, on which to revisit <laughs> yesterday's drama. 
uh, because there have been a few developments, haven't there, on Tommy Paul's Twitter? Um, yes. Maybe not t- developments, but sort of doubling doublings down on the situation. It's a it's a bit murky, isn't it? There was one deleted tweet which he made, uh, which uh, uh, assuming it was right, and I'm, I, be- I believe it was correct, mm. was something to do with. He was basically throwing shade at uh, 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 Rajiv Ram for being a doubles player that couldn't beat X, Y, and Z players in the top however many thousand because he's a doubles player. Yeah, and then that one got deleted. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. Look, credit to him for deleting it at least, but it was horrid. It was really horrid. Mm. Um, yeah. Never got on Twitter when you're angry. No, it all got a bit gross on Tommy Paul's Twitter today. I have to say, he was taking on the critics that were questioning the result and the performance and the team selections. Um, yeah, didn't manage to do it in a delicate way that managed to preserve uh, respect <laughs> for Rajiv Ram. I would say. Uh, now I understand sort of sensitivities involved. It's a team competition. You feel very defensive. You're you're backing your team, etc. You're backing, you're defending yourself. You know he's he's the guy that would have been swapped out for Rajiv Ram, isn't he? He's the guy that was playing in place of him. So um, I understand a certain degree of defensiveness. Uh, I understand that we don't always all as a collective, make sensible decisions about when and when not to tweet um, and that you know, we don't always all want to be judged 100% by our Twitter. Um, but it wasn't great, was it, David? It was, a, it was a pretty gross showing on Twitter today. It's so cool, he said, to see people who aren't and will never be Davis Cup captains pretending to be Davis Cup captains on Twitter. Hashtag tweeting from your parents' basement. Mm. That's what he said. Um, And then he had a go at a player called... I mean, there's uh, a cost of living crisis, Tommy. Lots of people are in their parents' basement despite holding, (laughs) you know, very good jobs. Yes. Then he had to go at somebody called Braden Shear, who I think is a, a player. Schnur, David. Um, Schnur, <laughs> don't even know his name. Braden Schnur. Um, yes, how did and, he uh, get dragged into it? I think he got himself involved. I, I sent anyway. a message to the group chat this morning saying, Braden Schnur has somehow been dragged into all this. And David replied, who's that? <laughs> yes, I vaguely know the name. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it is one of those things. It's just... It's the sort of thing it's, you you two are always unedifying. saying to me. Don't get involved with Twitter. Yeah, scraps. it's unedifying, um, and I do have a certain degree of sympathy with you know ill-advised tweeting when you're not in the best headspace. But mm. also, you're putting it out there publicly, and some of them he's deleted. He's had the good sense to delete, but there are some that are still sitting there and yeah. don't look great. Um, And by the way, Catherine, you asked me earlier on who was going to win out of Canada and Italy, and I don't think I actually told you. You didn't, no. Um, So I think I better. better It's quite difficult when you don't know who's going to play, isn't it? I think I'd still have to go Canada um, because they do have two top twenty singles players. If it goes doubles, David, though. Yeah, I mean, I think if. Fifty fifty, I'd probably say then. I was thinking about this today, you know, utterly enraptured as I was by the way Denis Shapovalov took over that that doubles match yesterday. It didn't feel that repeatable, did it? No, you need him to be coming mm. alive to to produce that. It, it, um, you wouldn't. I, you I, certainly I, wouldn't want to be relying on that happening again for a win. It, it, if it went to the doubles, I'd be feeling very Italy e. About I it. how passionate it would be with Fanini <laughs> oh, and Bellelli and, and they'll be bring an Italian crowd again, I won't they? I so hope It'll it goes be... to the doubles. I mean, I always just, do with Davis Cup, but... Yeah, and I, I'm still... I mean, the, just these little snippets of what I saw from Massetti the other day, I'm so into him now. <laughs> I just I just love watching him play. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of want him to become something. We all do, David. Well, maybe this is the start. Loads of careers get launched by good Davis Cup, don't they? Yeah. I, look, I, no one would want that more than me. 
I just, um, I, I have reservations, as previously discussed. But you're right. This could be the launch pad. This could be the making of him. Uh, we'll isn't see. He, uh, he's, he's only about 20 years old, isn't he's he? He's 20, yeah. I mean, that's really, you know, but it's, it's the old, it's the old fang discussion, David. I'm not questioning the quality of his technique. Roger Federer didn't have fangs when he was 20 years old. Whoa, there, cowboy! He didn't. Are you sure? Are you sure yeah. he wasn't just 100? percent Okay, I feel like we've just started a new podcast. <laughs> Roger Federer did not... So Roger Federer, Federer grew fangs. Yeah, by winning Wimbledon. You sure they weren't there, but just other things were disguising them? I feel... Well, I think that's the case with most people who have fangs. I don't think you sudden, you know that you have them from birth. I don't think oh, you know that you I think some, some people, they're always there. Not everybody. Some people, yes. But I don't think Federer did. I mean, look at look at all the terrible losses he had early on with this man of this incredible talent. And he was just underwhelming, underperforming, under-delivering for years. But due to lack of fang, underperforming due to inadequate fang. I mean, but everything. He was immature, all the rest of it. No, 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 no. Immaturity is that. No, 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 no. These are are different things. In judging Massetti, he's 20 years old. Part of his failure to deliver deliver to this point is that he just hasn't been able to put it all together yet. Yeah, I I hope that's what it is. I just worry about how bothered he is by defeats. Well, that's a good question, and 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 I don't know him enough to know. So no, so that is a question. I'm not. But but the jury is still out. I'm saying I have questions. Yeah, the the questions that that are preventing me from getting invested in the way that I have with other young players. You've been burned (laughs) too many times. (laughs) We're just living out my trauma here on the pod. But, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, he's a gorgeous tennis player. I'm desperate for him to show some fangs. Desperate. Federer beating United States in Davis Cup at home before he won Wimbledon is the moment that I thought this guy can handle all of it. Okay. Oh, well, I am totally here for Lorenzo Mazzetti having an equivalent moment. Imagine if tomorrow he goes and beats Felix Auger-Aliassime and Italy reach the final, and then he goes and beats Alex Dimonor and wins the Davis Cup. Okay. We shall revisit this on Sunday, <laughs> David, potentially. We will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, I feel like you've they've just opened a whole can of worms that my mind is spinning right now, David. Good. It's fascinating. Um, okay, so you are going for, having said all of that and having made a date to talk about Lorenzo Mazzetti on Sunday, uh, you're going for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am too. Because that's just surely the logical Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I, th- I, 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 it is, isn't it? But look, anything can happen, folks. It's been, um, it's been a good week of tennis, hasn't it so far? It has a couple more days to go, you know. But I, I, I do think, do you think this has been a good week for Davis Cup, tentatively? Hundred mm, percent. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, okay, so we shall reconvene tomorrow, David, after the second semi-final has been played and we'll be able to look back on that look ahead to the final anticipate more high emotions from Alex de Menor and Leighton Hewitt I'm kind of kind of already looking forward to that a little bit uh, we hope to have Matt uh, back over the weekend but look no promises we are prioritizing his his health quite frankly we'd love to hear from him as much as you would but uh, he's got to get well soon folks and uh we wish him very well don't we david absolutely yeah um and thank goodness for that ocean view that he's got yeah Mm. i don't feel quite so bitter about the ocean view now that he's ill (laughs) (laughs) he's welcome to it now (laughs) yes it's it's no fun being in a lovely place when you feel no i know no we're thinking of you matt uh david we have mascots don't we we have our mascots we do we have darwin 
Uh, Catherine has Carter. Carter. Matt has the dearly departed Gerald. We've got a we've got a pet mascot for this episode. As None well. of our personal mascots have skin in the game anymore this week, as no. uh, as has been covered. Uh, but yes, we have a mascot for the episode, David. And we do. You we can ha- bring me details. We have Luna, Catherine, Aww. for a second time. Luna was a uh, was a mascot last year, brought into our world by the lovely Richard Nuttall, who oh, is uh, yes. somebody that we very much like. And uh, Luna is an eleven year old black Labrador, oh. and uh, Richard loves the pod, and so does Luna because it means Luna gets to go on long walks oh. while Richard listens to the pod. And Labradors do like a long walk. Yeah, and Luna is sitting next to a, a rather grubby-looking blue tennis ball in uh, the picture that we're seeing, but uh, I've only got eyes for Luna, so mm. it's, it's absolutely fine. Well, if I know Labradors, and I think I do, they love a grubby tennis ball. Oh, yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we've got our executive producers. We've got Carl Weingartner and uh, Chris Albert-Lee. We have Billie Jean, who's asleep on my shoulder right now. She's sponsored by Billie yeah. Jean King and Alana Kloss. Awesome. And David, we've got shout-outs. We have. I'm just about keeping the show on the road in the absence of Matt. I've found out where he keeps the, the shout-outs. The wheels folks. haven't come off yet, folks. Tune in tomorrow yeah. to find out if tomorrow's yeah. the day. I haven't read them out yet, so let's see, see if we can get through first. Uh, we've got Fiona McGregor in Edinburgh, who says the tennis podcast was the first podcast I listened to ever, and I love it. Oh, an OG. Yeah, imagine that. Hello, Fiona. Fiona. I feel I can't hear the name McGregor without wanting to say it in a Scottish accent. McGregor. That's good. Mm. That's lovely. Thanks, Fiona. Lovely. Uh, We've got uh, Lindsay Hill, spelt in the same way as Lindsay Davenport. Oh, with an A. Yeah. Very Um, good. Lindsay is from Atlanta, Georgia, and says. If Matt did a backhand list at my local tennis club, I think I would be on it, especially if, as discussed in a recent episode, that one is more likely to be on the backhand list if that shot really stands out against an otherwise average, or in my case, rather poor, overall game. (laughs) Now, Matt isn't here to speak for himself, but I think he might be a little bit um, anxious or concerned about the, the increasing frequency of people... Uh, writing in saying, I think I'd be on the backhand list. Yeah, but but this but this is a very specific separate backhand list, mm. like a, a a satellite, a related. Well, look, seeing as Matt's not here, let's just say Lindsay. Yep, yeah, I'm sure you would be on Matt's backhand list. <laughs> Great backhand, well club. done. Yeah. Absolutely. She says, uh, thank you for being my nerdy tennis friends and sparing the rest of my friends and my family from having to endlessly discuss tennis with me. Aww. You're quite welcome, Lindsay. So thank you very much for being our friend. We've also got Corey Sawley in Chicago who says, I've been a listener since episode four. Very specific. I agree. Episodes one to three were a low point. <laughs> never listened, never gone back to listen to those. <laughs> no. uh, so she's never heard the Gaston Gaudio interview. <laughs> <laughs> and have been a supporter since the first Kickstarter campaign. Oh, Corey. Thrilled to see how you've grown. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, nice. Thank you. And I agree, absolutely no reason to go back and listen to episodes one to three. No <laughs> reason at all. Don't do it. Um, feel free to forget episode four as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's oh. really lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Corey. Absolutely. Uh, we've also got Christine Marlowe from St. Helens in the UK. Christine, like Christine James, the uh, oh yes, the well Wimbledon done. finalist yeah. of more than sixty years ago, and Christine Saint, Christine James is St Helens is a big uh, rugby league town, isn't it? That's what I associate That's with right. St Helens. Yeah, Christine says she was a member of the Tim Henman fan club for many years. With my fellow members, I travelled the world supporting Tim and the Great Britain Davis Cup team. Ostrava, Ostrava, she went to Monte Carlo. Stuttgart, Basel, Casablanca, Ecuador, and of course Wimbledon, where she's now a debenture holder. How nice. Yikes. Wow. Proper uh, tennis fan, Christine. Wow. Gosh, I remember that uh, GB Davis Cup tie in Ecuador with both mm. Lepenti brothers or the Lepenta brothers, as my dad used to call them. Yeah. And uh, Tim and Greg beat them 
and mm. got revenge after the uh, loss to Ecuador at Wimbledon, mm. I think, a year or two earlier. So that was a huge win for them. Thank you, Christine. Finally, we have Dorinda Bonanno, who is from Melbourne in Australia, but now living in Darien, the United States, which she says is a commuter town to New York City and Connecticut. Oh. And Dorinda says, growing up in Melbourne meant going to the tennis every summer. How could I not become a fan? Hanging with my friends, drinking beer in the sun and cheering on the best. Unfortunately, I never saw an Aussie win alive. But who cared when there were gorgeous Swedish backpackers to meet? (laughs) Ah, tennis, she says. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Lovely, lovely stuff. Good day for a shout out for um... for an Aussie. That yes, that and that's made me think of um, not beer in the sun, but the do you know the Tim Minchin song "White Wine in the Sun"? Oh yeah, love that song. It makes me very emotional. And if Dorinda has family back home in Australia, I've gone off on a tangent, David. <laughs> You're giving we're, we're, me bland, very, blank looks. We're but very, very much looking forward to songs. going to Australia to drink. Beer in the sun and watch tennis as well. White wine in the, in the sun is about your family being at home in Australia and looking forward to to seeing them at Christmas in the sun drinking white wine when you're apart from them. Sounds magnificent. Mm, it's okay. lovely. It's very emotional. Right. Mm. Cool. Thank you, Dorinda. Thank you, everyone that uh, supports the tennis podcast. We will have various uh, slots opening for business in the current current in the coming weeks mascot slots uh, shout out slots intro shl- slots it is all happening folks uh if you if you will want to become our personal mascots if you want to become an episode mascot uh if you want to get an intro if you want to get a shout out and have us say very weird things about your name <laughs> And your hometown. All of those things will be available to you. What could be better, folks? Uh, That's coming up in December. And, uh, of course, you can become a friend of the podcast at any time and gain access to our extra content for friends. And we are, we're hatching plans, aren't we, David, for some off-season shows? Because the tennis off-season is just so damn long, David. We've, yeah, we've, got we, to we've just got to fill the time somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 2023 season literally starts in 2022. That is how long the tennis off-season is. But worry not, folks. We will be filling it. Uh, and we're busy having ideas. Uh, so I think that's it for today's podcast. We'll, of course, be back tomorrow with uh, our second semi-final. looking back on that, looking ahead to the final. We hope Matt, Matt will be back with us, but uh, I'm not going to write checks that we can't cash. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Get well soon, Matt, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,